This is episode 266 of Nerd's Eye View for the 8th. What is this month, March? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Good. Why not? Today's Good. the 7th, by the way. Uh, but Whoa. that's not when this Secrets. show comes out. Oh, oh shh, shh, shh. So uh, yesterday was like, definitely the seventh. We try and pretend <laughs> like we exist in exactly when we come out. Yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, our publishing date is the date. Makes uh, sense. I'm Jordan, and I'm joined by Andrew. Hi, and we have two wonderful guests with us. Please introduce yourselves. David. I'm at, <laughs> we're just looking at each other, like, okay, who's gonna go first? Hello, I'm David King, and I normally hang around Benview. Asking for money. No, I actually just run the Midnight Marinara podcast, which is basically me hanging around the Benview Network asking for money. Hi, I'm Kayla Berry, and I produce David's podcast. Oh, wonderful. That's why it sounds so nice. No, that's, that's his editing skills. The it's writing. all me. No, it's not. It's all me. Whoa. On paper. On paper, it's all you. I've heard the term throwing under the bus, but I've never <laughs> quite seen it. The I way I like just a, saw it now. As a continuing, uh, every time you two appear on a podcast, it's always, who's in charge? We never know. <laughs> but we, we love, we love to, to think that it's, every, that it's Kayla is actually pulling all the strings. Oh, now, come on. <laughs> come on. Because he knows no. that I'm going to get nice things for him for, what, what do we, oh, yeah, we have an anniversary coming up. I'm going to get you something nice for our anniversary. <laughs> I'll treat you out something nice. Give you uh, some little cash. Cash? I like Kish. Get All him right. a nice hat. <laughs> With have our Actually, we both have big hat collections. <laughs> both like that was the one thing that when we first met um and went on dates is like, by the way, I love hats. I love hats too. How many hats do you have? <laughs> we bonded over our mutual love of uh, of hats, apparently. <laughs> Apparently, Kayla remembers this all better than I do. She, for her, it's all crystal clear. For me, it's all blur of, um, of hats. Of hats. <laughs> yeah. I just threw hats at you. Yeah, she like odd job. You know, <laughs> she's like odd job. Yeah, at least it wasn't the bladed one. <laughs> <clears throat> but we're gonna be reviewing Zootopia after we talk about our new releases, and then after the review, we're gonna have the uh, guess the ending, and at the very end of the show, our discussion, which you can stick around for if you've seen Zootopia. We're gonna get into. Spoilers and heavy-duty interpretation of different scenes and, and some of the, the greater themes throughout, throughout the movie. But first, let's do the top ten. Count me down! Uh, I am scared of number ten. Uh, the Witch, a New England folktale. Which hopefully has nothing to do with number nine. Eddie the Eagle. Because he became number eight. The Revenant. And he had to fight number seven. Kung Fu Panda Tris. Who could? I mean, I mean three. <laughs> uh, who is not described as number six. Risen. Uh, and which is the opposite of number five. Gods of Egypt. And that'll have you shouting number four. Whiskey, tango, foxtrot. And you'd have to get on the number three. Deadpool. Uh, who's probably already seen number two. London has fallen... And would love to go to the theme park designed after number one. Zootopia. Yay! Yay! We did it. We did it. How did we do that? We're getting better at this. Yeah. Uh, that is for sure. <coughs> so we reviewed The Witch uh, two weeks ago. Right. And now it's in the top ten. It wasn't before, was it? Well, yeah, but I mean, look at these numbers. You know, I'd like to I'm, think that we influenced I'm it. I'm happy we it's got, on the top ten. Which into the top ten. I'm surprised that Gods of Egypt is in the top ten. Still, I think, I think 
when it comes down to it, that is just the oh, this is so horrible and everyone's talking about how horrible it is. I'm in the mood for a trashy movie. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Big I think budget that's, trashy movie. I that's think what it is. also a crowd that's just like, yeah, Gerard Butler is a Roman guy. Well, that's why they right? cast They're like, him. right? Question just, mark? They don't really like care? It's like, oh, I've seen every other movie. Who wants to see uh, Gerard Butler shirtless? Yeah, if he yeah. doesn't kick someone down a well, I'm going to be unhappy. <laughs> I hope that when he kicks someone down the well, there's a giant cobra down there. Yeah, and no. he says, this oh. is Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> this is but Egypt. I think the, the one I'm most surprised by is London Has Fallen at number two. Is it just me, or do you guys think of Olympus Has Fallen when you see this? Like, it's just the sequel. With... It is a sequel. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. This is a, I, I figured this is it was. Sequel. God, hurt me. <laughs> No, I don't know how it got a sequel. It's very strange. And to we me also that it got we also talked about the naming convention is wrong. It should be Camelot has fallen. Yeah, Camelot or okay. something like mythical, that. mythical. Because Olympus is the mythical Albion. version of Albion has fallen. Oh, I don't go. know if that would play with audiences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more people know. Or maybe uh, what's the undersea? Atlantis. Kingdom? Atlantis has fallen. <laughs> Atlantis. Has That'd be for like <laughs> or risen. Atlantis has risen. Oh, whoa. whoa. That <laughs> That's for the third one. Because I actually. I read Olympus Has Fallen the script bef- like a oh. couple of years before the movie came out. I'm like, this is going to be bad. And I was right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, people it, like dumb action movies. It seemed like people liked the other White House one. What was that? White House called? Down. Yeah, people liked that one more, and yet this one got the sequel. And Strange. and that that would make more sense. London Down or something. London. Yeah. Because that London. follows that naming well, convention. And then you would have yeah. the trailer, you know, in typical trailer fashion for that one, you'd have a little kid. Well, you know, it's like, doom, doom. You have the drums, but in the background, London Bridge has <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what it should have had. It, oh it, I mean, that might have been the trailer. Was I that don't what they know. were going for? I, don't, I didn't watch London has fallen. London Bridge is falling down. My Do brain just turns off. Probably, yes. <laughs> That's why they pick I, London. I don't know. And not Albion. It's tricky. Um, uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a top 10. That is a top 10. That's like an yeah. entirely predictable top 10, to be honest. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, a little unpredictable, but only for the places where we noted, really. Mm-hmm. I'm glad The Witch is on there. Haven't seen it, but I'm glad The Witch is on there, nonetheless. I'm, I'm it looks say, like there's room for a horror movie. Is there a horror movie coming out soon? Uh, oh, Cloverfield Lane. Oh, I guess that Dark is kind of a, a horror. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I'm a little surprised Whiskey Tango Foxtrot is on there. Was it... Well, I mean, look at its numbers. Yeah, but it's only on there because of how low most of these numbers are. Yeah, yeah. some of them are pretty. They're, they're pretty low. I think it was kind of like it's the one comedy that's more safe than Deadpool. I assume. Yeah. So. What's interesting, I, I find, is that Deadpool is still doing really good. I mean, that doesn't I'm surprise not. me that much. But it's we're what it it came out in the middle of. Um, February. It's a month in, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Came, it came out Valentine's Day weekend. Right, but it's oh my, it's still doing really good. Yeah, we oh, it's right. You have the week numbers right there. Week yep. number four. <laughs> and we even show what it was Dur- the previous week. Yeah, last Dur- week it was because one. because the crazy thing was that it was number one. Then it went down to what was it two or three, and then jumped back up to number one. Oh wow! And now now it's now it's three again. The one I'm not surprised that is still going. Is Kung Fu Panda Three because oh, it, sure. I mean up until Zootopia was the only kids movie right. that was showing. So. Yeah, it was the only place you could take kids to. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good times. Uh, all right, so if you want to watch any of those, go to the theaters. But let's talk about what's coming out new on DVD and Blu-ray. <coughs> Excuse me, on DVD and Blu-ray, in the heart of the sea. And this, strangely enough, marks the first week 
yeah. in a long time yeah. that stuff has come out on DVD and Blu-ray that we didn't review. I know. It feels weird. It's very weird. But I'm fine with not having seen that movie. Well, I feel we were so close to watching both of these. This, yeah. this uh, In the Heart of the Sea is... Um, the story of the guy of, of Thor, the, who the attacks of Moby a giant Dick. water creature. It's like, yeah, it, it's not the story of Moby Dick, but it's like, how did whatever. Moby Dick become a yeah. story? There was this. How did Herman myth? Melville? Yeah, am I getting that right? Sure. Am I a book reader? I don't know. I don't even know how to See. read. Are we going to? Uh, are we going to need to have bust out the call me Ishmael's or? Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you? Uh, now I got a question, David. I mean, you were an English major as well. Did you read Moby Dick? Because I I was never forced to read it. And um, nobody has ever said, "Yeah, you should totally read it." Right. I, I, I made it the opposite. I made it my life's mission to never read Moby Dick. Yeah, I've I've only heard of how <laughs> impenetrable and ridiculous it is. I read the first chapter. And I stopped immediately. Yeah. I think nothing. I mean, I've, I've, I'm not crazy about Herman Melville. I'm just putting it out there. It's and Melville's work is incredibly verbose and takes a lot to get through. There are a couple stories, and I know Jordan and I uh, probably have some shared had yeah. some shared classes back in the day mm-hmm. where uh, I, I'm not sure if we were given it at the same time, but I know at various points English professors like look at something Melville wrote. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> It was almost held over our heads of, as punishment. Like, no, look, you, if you do, if you don't do what you're supposed to, we're going to make you read some Melville. <laughs> I find it funny. The other DVD Blu-ray movie coming out is also a literary work. Right. <laughs> Interesting time. Yeah. Uh, Macbeth. Right. Uh, that's the Michael Fassbender one. And I ended up seeing that on my own. Is it good? Yeah. Uh, it is strangely, like, obtuse. Like, oh. as a film, it is gorgeous and beautiful and all of these mm-hmm. things. But you can barely hear what they're saying most of the time because it's they're acting so hard. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, it's, you know, if you, if you didn't know the story of Macbeth and this was your first introduction, you'd have no idea. <laughs> you'd just be confused. Like, as someone who's familiar with, with the play and had seen other movies and read it, uh, it's, it's an interesting take on it, but... You don't need to see it if 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 you're not like interested in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. So if you're already familiar with Macbeth, maybe give it a look. But otherwise, yeah, yeah, because it does some beautiful stuff. Like, uh, you could take just a screenshot of many of the scenes, and it would just be this haunting artwork. But so like, just watch it without the sound. Yeah, there you go. Did they handle the or maybe bit the with... sound, but no no speech. There you go. I mean, did they handle the bit with like you know double double toil and trouble pretty well? Yeah, there was the witches were pretty. The the fates were pretty cool, yeah. Mm. There was some there was some cool stuff in there, but you just have to know the work. Nice, yeah. All right, all right. So now we reached a point where we're going to oh play my, a little oh my game. Goodness, uh, coming out on DVD only. We have a film here called The Blue Hour. I'm going to give you guys some clues, and then you're going to try and guess what it's about. Uh, we'll start with uh, David. Okay. All right. So What's you know that it's called The Blue Hour. Yeah, and you mentioned clues already. Yeah, what clues would you like? Would you like to know? uh, I have a genre, a a very specific genre, I will say. Okay. Uh, I have a location. Okay, you can either pick from the genre or the location. I'll take the genre. All right. It is a supernatural love story. You know what? I'm already calling it. It's it's the long-awaited, gritty uh, blues clues reboot. (laughs) The Blue Hour. And it's oh about, goodness. and uh, it's actually starring, um, 
It's actually starring Magenta, the other dog. Wow. Who is looking for Blue, and the only way that she can find Blue is... is Everyone assumes Blue is dead. I feel like we're doing Guess the Ending now. I love it's basically, you so It's a version much, of David. Guess the Ending. Okay. <laughs> but she, the only way, hold on, the only way that she can reach Blue is that Blue has left his paw print all around, and so it becomes the ultimate game of Blue's Clues. The it. audience has to yell at the screen. You know, it's actually encouraged to yell at the screen whenever mm. something comes up, and it's just right behind her, and they're like, you're like, no, there's a clue! A clue! Beautiful. Sorry, go ahead, Kayla. <laughs> All right, Kayla. Uh, so it's called The Blue Hour. It is a supernatural love story, and it takes place at a swimming pool. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> what is this film? <laughs> it's the movie version of the Gravity Falls episode with Mermando. Okay. <laughs> I'll just have to take that. All okay, right. okay. up. Summed up. Basically, okay, or actually, I'm, I'm, I'm person <laughs> falls in love with mer person uh, who got stuck at a swimming pool. Okay. Uh, Jordan, uh, since those, those were the good clues. Okay, give so, me a bad clue. So do you, <laughs> would you like to know, I believe I have here what language it's in. Oh. Or the, uh, do you want to know the, the love story... Um, uh, is it is it a, a between two men, two women, a man and a woman? I've been uh, wanting uh, to know this actually. Kind of two aardvarks. Uh, I will take uh, language. Okay, it says presented in Thai. Oh yes. All right. So <laughs> uh, oh, I already I know. Got it. I know so, exactly. So what right it is. now, Sleeping the Nation is the uh, mermaid movie from China that is uh, that is <gasps> killing the box office all over the world. That's so I right. believe that. People made this movie because they saw that one coming out and all the trailers and stuff, and tried to do a quick crash, uh, like cash grab version of it. But it's set in one location at a swimming pool, very low budget, and it's about a portal that opens up, kind of like the Gravity Falls episode you were talking about. Thank you. Where it's a mer person who like comes out of the swimming pool and is like, "Wait, this is not the ocean," and uh, and and falls in love with the lifeguard there, and the lifeguard agrees to help this uh, mer person. I'm not gonna. Like gender knows no bounds of as far as uh, where love crosses, uh, and uh, and agrees to take this mer person to uh, to the ocean. I'm hoping it's a homosexual one, but I don't see that happening. Well, here you go, guys. All right, uh, and it is it is a uh, uh, two boys. Yes, <laughs> yes. I want to see this movie. Now. This is like foreign films are always like this. Uh, the but Blue it's Hour. Hi, I'm surprised. If is, you would have said like. Oh, it's a French film. Or like, German. Or right? German. I've been like, yeah, there's going to be some gay love story. All right, here we go. The Blue Hour is a sexy supernatural love story about a bullied loner, Tam, who finds solace in the arms of Fum, a boy he meets at a haunted swimming pool. <laughs> Fum Ooh, reveals, haunted that, his, swimming yeah, pool. reveals haunted. that his family's land has been stolen and the newfound lovers imagine a perfect life together on the disputed land. Haunted by a ghostly presence, Tam struggles to stay connected to reality. Uh, it's an official selection for the Berlin International Film Festival. So wow. it's a ghost love story. It's a haunted pool. With a haunted pool. The last time I saw a thing with a haunted pool, it was the scariest episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark Ever? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the show oh, messed me I up. remember that. <laughs> All right, uh, moving along. All right. releases. Uh, so, yeah, The Blue Hour coming on. It's on DVD only. So uh, there go, you go. go get it. Uh, new on Blu ray. Uh, we have Batteries Not Included. Does anyone remember I, this film? I oh, remember, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a classic. 
Which, little little alien robot guys uh, save a, a tenement that uh, the the super super is going to kick them out. Oh, there's like an yeah. old couple and a bunch of ragtag groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Mm-hmm. For some, first, for a moment there, for some reason, my head went to, to a short circuit, but that was something else. <laughs> right, very right. different. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, uh, so on TV, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna handle this on my own, Jordan. I'm gonna try and guess whether or not you've seen these. I'm not gonna subject uh, David and Kayla to this. All so right. on TVD, uh, Jordan watches a lot of TV, so we try and I try and like to guess whether or not he's seen the shows that are coming out and how much he's seen of them. So on new on uh, TV uh, uh, release here, Community: The Complete Final Question Mark Season. Uh, this is the sixth season, which was the Yahoo season. Mm-hmm. Gee, I'm going to say, Jordan, you've never seen one episode of this season. You've probably seen some of the others. Gee, I wonder if Andrew's seen any of the episodes. <laughs> not like he hosts a podcast yeah, or anything. Multiple times. <laughs> <clears throat> I've not seen any of this season, but I've seen many of the seasons. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, I was almost caught up uh, when they announced the Yahoo season. Mm-hmm. And then we have also uh, another streaming to DVD now, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season one. I'm going to say, Jordan, you've seen uh, Zero. And I'm going off of, there was uh, a while ago. Yeah, I mistook you, Kimmy Schmidt for another, for another show. And yeah. I thought, there's no way you could have seen it if you were mistaking it for another show. So you've seen I, none of it. I saw about half the season. Really? Yeah. Since then or But it was forever then? ago. Okay. Like, I watched it, like, shortly after it came out and watched half the season. And then it just got lost in the deluge of... Of Netflix and all do the you, other do shows. Do you find you're watching... I mean, you're you're a big DVR man. Yeah. Do you not, like, watch the Netflix originals? Really. I do. I do. I try and watch all of them. Like, yeah, I think uh, you're just some of them of Cards, right? Some of them don't speak to me. Yeah, but I'm, I am I got I mean, partway through the, the third uh-huh. and then just stopped. Huh. So I need to really catch up. But, uh-huh. I mean, see, some of the, the, the network shows kind of get in the way because I'll get... Uh, like I was down to seven percent available on oh, my yeah. on my DVR, so I had to just sit down and watch a whole bunch of crap. And man, that took a lot out of me. Like I don't know if I'm gonna watch TV for a little while now because <laughs> I I think I watched forty shows in three days. Good lord. Yeah, it was it was a lot. So uh, I'm gonna take a break. Uh, I'm just gonna stick <laughs> to enough. my stick to my video games and movies and podcasts <laughs> and audiobooks. All right. Yeah. Not uh, like you have a ton of other media to. Yeah. No, on. I'm. Uh, ridiculous media sponge, but we'll just, yeah. It's okay, I am too. Nice. So those are the new releases oh. on DVD, Blu-ray, and all that. Uh, if you want to go get those, go to your local video store. They'll still exist somewhere. Somewhere. Somewhere out there. Beneath the pale moonlight. There's a blockbuster that hasn't been to it. I'll take that as a really great community reference. That's what I'll take that as. <laughs> yes. Um, so when we come right back, uh, we will be reviewing Zootopia. I'm Aaron Prince Staley, host of the podcast Preview, where every week I bring you a new comedy podcast that you are going to love with highlight clips and interviews with the show's hosts. Check out the podcast Preview at BenviewNetwork.com, on your favorite podcast app, or live on the radio at WERA.FM. I'll see you there. Coming through! This is Officer McCorn. We got a 1031. I got them! Oh. Officer Hawk! I am in person! Woo! Woo! Uh, I need you to run a plate. Flash is the fastest guy in there. He can run the plate like that. Wait. They're all slots? What 
Are you saying that because he's a sloth, he can't be fast? Flash, flash, 100-yard dash. Buddy, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Hmm. Officer Judy Hap, CPD, how are you? I am doing fine. Well, what? Hang in there. Can I do? Well, I was hoping you could run a for you. Well, I was hoping you today. Could... Well, I was hoping you could run a plate for us. We are in a really big hurry. What's the plate? Two nine T number. Two nine T H D zero three. Two. Nine. T. H D zero three. H. D zero three. D. Mm -hmm. Zero three. Zero. Three. Hey, Flash, want to hear a joke? No! Sure. Okay. What do you call a three-humped camel? I don't know. Pregnant. Ha! 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 Yes! Uh, very funny, very funny. Can we please just uh, focus on the tag? Hey! Wait, wait, wait! Priscilla! Oh, no! Yes? Flash? What? <gasps> do? No! You call? A three-humped camel? Uh, Pregnant! Okay, great! We got it! Please jump! Hurry! We gotta beat the rush hour in! It's night! Zootopia, directed by Byron Howard, Rich Moore, and Jared Bush, uh, starring Jason Bateman, Jennifer Goodwin, Idris Elba, Jenny Slade. <laughs> I was trying to remember, and now I'm actually looking through the list. J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk for a minute. Alan Shakira. Oh, Tommy Chong. Scenes. Tommy Chong. That was a, I was like, I'm like... If that's not Tommy Chong, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, and Shakira. Mm -hmm. Shakira, uh, Shakira. Uh, 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 try everything. Uh, or is it anything? Try I think it's everything. Try anything. Everything. Everything. Whatever. I, know, I sat through the, the thing at the end. <laughs> Her hips yeah. don't she lie. She just repeats it over and over and yeah, over again during the does, credits. Yeah, she And I'm like... I, just I think it would have been... I think it just would have been better if, it, if we had a gazelle singing about how her hips don't lie. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Let you to just transition to that into the credits. Mm -hmm. So this is an animated film. Yes. Uh, set in a world of anthropomorphic animals. Anthropomorphic animals. They get along and they have society and stuff. Furries. Uh, no, wait, let's not. Hold on. Back hey, up. There was, there was some controversy where they were like literally advertising to furry communities. That is true. Disney well, was. Audience. Yeah. I have nothing against furries. Mm -hmm. It just, I know people who are... Like in that fandom, who were so excited for this movie, like you had no idea how excited they were for this movie. Here's the funny part: Rich Moore, um, one of the directors, actually directed um, Wreck It Ralph. Mm. So mm -hmm. he he geared toward a community that loves video games, and then create directs this movie that's geared toward another kinky community that yeah. loves furries. What kinky community involves video games that you know of, and why haven't you told me about it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you later tonight, David. <laughs> All right, great, cool, awesome. 
Do you oh, want to? Can, right can, can we just leave? <laughs> Andrew, can we just go? I'll just, uh, <laughs> just, the, just, uh, just get up here. We're just going to make. <laughs> let's just make everything as uncomfortable as possible. Uh, no, but for real, this movie. Let's, let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about it. I want to say a little bit about how I feel like the, the trailers that I saw uh, more or less sold me on the world rather than any kind of story. That was how many, I, hold on. How many trailers did you see? Because I only saw one. I feel like I saw maybe two. Okay. I saw. I mean, if I didn't go seeking out trailers. No, but me neither. They I mean, the only it, I know? saw a teaser. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I saw basically what was the clip of yeah them, them at the going DVC. to the DVC and yeah. that's it. Uh-huh. And that's that's all I needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole they just gave you the whole uh, this whole scene at the DMV, and that was great. Mm-hmm. That was that was about the point where I was like, hey, this could be a lot of fun because I'd seen the teaser before that. Yeah. And I. You know, I just thought, oh, it's a movie with talking animals in it. This, and we they kind of have before. DreamWorks face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, nah, just no. If anything, the art style is still holds true to like the way Disney has done their anthropomorphic animals before. A mm-hmm. um, lot of parallels to Robin Hood I've seen yeah. drawn actually. Yeah, because the fox design well, is very similar. Um, mm-hmm. So my w- screening was very much different from your guys's. Mm-hmm. Screening. Yes, please tell us. Yes, yeah, please it, go it into was, that. Kayla's got some insider info. Yeah. So, um, uh, I had an opportunity to um, see this Thursday night and at uh, USC. And uh, at the end of the screening, there was a Q and A with uh, directors um, Byron Howard and um, Richard Moore, along with um, the producer who. I think they just brought him along for the hell of it because he n- did not speak at all. He mm-hmm. did not contribute anything. And it was just like, yeah, sure, come along. So I don't even remember anything he said. But um, I think the most exciting part about it for me was that Leonard Malton hosted it. Oh, wow. That's pretty I, great. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I actually went up to him. I'm like, I got a question. Are you Leonard Malton? He's like, yes, I am. And I'm like, I'm a huge fan of Mystery <laughs> Science Theater 3000. He's like, oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah, I'm that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so he, they actually admitted they were fans of the Robin Hood movie. And to be honest, um, if you think about it, there hasn't been many talking animal movies where anthropomorphic animal movies in a very long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the last one I want to say was actually um, for Disney. Uh, I think it was just The Great Mouse Detective, come to think about it. That's interesting. Yeah. uh... And when I mean anthropomorphic... Like uh, animals that are actually wearing clothes and behaving like... Mm -hmm. Humans, People. Did, exactly. Oh yeah, because the the rescuer sequel was even before that, right? Yeah, Rescuers that was the, no. Oh wait, wait. rescuer sequel. No, that was after. Because okay. um, uh, Great Mouse Detective came out in 80, 1987. Yeah, and then um, the rescuer down, down under, under was like ninety four. No, that was it. Was early. It was nineteen ninety. It was right after okay. the Little Mermaid. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have memorized the. The times each movie I came mean, out. This is how obsessed. I feel like Disney. I'm pretty close. I was close there. It's, you were. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Um, I, I watched all of these. You well know, done. Back in the day, it's Bravo. not like. Uh, yeah, it's not like. Uh, I don't know. It's not like I'm unfamiliar. Uh, um, I love Disney. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say '94 was Lion King. Yeah, yeah. '94 um, was definitely Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, this is. Um, 
And this is definitely this is a uh, Disney Animations release. It's not a Pixar. No, like, no. I, this is. I'm one of those people who cares about that difference. <laughs> uh, yeah, this other was definitely. Don't. Although funny there enough, is a difference. You yeah. can you can tell it is. And this one actually, uh, it's kind of interesting how it makes reference to the other Disney animation films. Uh, oh yeah, in, in funny ways. There's a very sly way they do it. And then and yeah, including uh, uh, an actor who is a is a character in each of the newer ones. See, you know, <laughs> it's I, just I, kind I, of fun. I, I find it funny because like in Pixar, they have um, John Ratzenberger yes, yes. in every Pixar film. Now Alan, Alan Tudyk for That's every great. Disney. Yeah. Anime. Which I'm ecstatic about because I'm mm. like, I love the fact they got Alan Tudyk of all people. Mm. And he actually has a very versatile voice mm-hmm. where John Ratzenberger, you know it's John Yeah, that's he's kind of there as like a token. Like you kind of go, well, oh, there he is. Uh, well, according to... Uh, uh, oh, um, Lasseter. Lasseter. Mm-hmm. He, they say he's Pixar's good luck charm. Yeah, that's why they keep him in every <laughs> it film. Doesn't always work, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, apparently, John Lasseter, uh, he's now like the head. So mm. they actually, uh, Richard Moore and um, Byron Howard had to pitch this movie to him. Huh. And apparently, John Lasseter is also a fan of anthropomorphic animal films. So when he well, heard sure. that it was anthropomorphic animal film, mm-hmm. he said yes, and he actually. Um, now you got to remember, John Lester is like this big man, like yeah. six foot whatever. Hawaiian shirts, yeah. Yeah, uh, gives this gives Byron Howard a big hug and picks him up, and he says, oh, "You're doing an anthropomorphic God. animal movie? Yes!" And actually picks him up. He is like a large child. He he just gets like, excited about exactly. things. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, this um, this film is very interesting. Yes, uh, I think the the what's really behind this film was like a really solid like world a really solid idea oh yeah oh yeah uh, and like characters that really informed the world in a sense like it, it was uh, you got to know what was going on through like i mean we follow judy hops as a rabbit that we mm-hmm. follow uh, as an audience uh, but then when you get to all the different other characters you kind of it develops into this very solid uh idea where it's not yeah. Like, oh, this is a weird mishmash. Or like, this doesn't make any sense. It's like, no, this is cool. Like, everything we're seeing is cool and makes sense. It actually stays pretty close to Judy through the whole movie. It's mm. very, like, you know, close <laughs> close third person. Uh, but um, it's a good way to, to come into it. And I just want to say, like, I mean, uh, about about the point where the movie really started to... I started to really get into the movie was when uh, she first comes into Zootopia and we see the view of it this isn't like a major spoiler or anything. You first see the, the city from the like elevated train she's riding on. And, and all it, the different biomes. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool the way they do all the biomes and, and all the yeah. different architecture and she's just like marveling at it and it's really beautiful, really well designed, really excellent setting and I'm like, I'm, I'm really feeling this universe already. At that, at that point, I was like, if they make a Disneyland ride that is train-esque, that you go through the different biomes the way she did in this movie. Oh, my God. That would be so cool. (laughs) That'd be incredible. Take a train through Zootopia. Yeah. The the frozen jungle. Like, it would be incredible. Uh, Even in, like, after that, I'm like, even if this movie sucks, this is Mm. such an amazing world. It's beautiful. And you can tell the effort that was put into this. I mean, wow. It feels so realized. The way 
Every entrance to a place has three different size doors mm-hmm. for different sized animals. And I thought that was really the cool. The way there's different lanes in the street for the different size vehicles. It's well, and that that comes up more than just like like a scene will be happening and like a little tiny mouse car will go by. Yeah, just because they have to drive by. Like well, this is like a world that's existing and living around these. Which scenes. I actually kind of find interesting because if you look at other anthropomorphic uh, animal movies, mm. I mean, if it wasn't, uh, I mean, with like Great Mouse Detective or Rescue Us Down Under it just focused on the mice mm-hmm. so you didn't I mean yeah this, there were other animals but it, it's interesting to actually see a huge group of animals and they're not at like similar sizes yeah. like it was in Robin Hood because like I yeah mean, in Robin Hood it definitely that really played with like they're all cl- very close in size exactly yeah. like I mean he was nearly as big as the lion mm-hmm. and the bear was nearly as big as um, they kind of equalized yeah, it yeah and where in this case and ac- they actually no, no, we're going to make it as realistic as possible. Right. And really show the disparity between their sizes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was incredible. I mean, you know, as realistic as possible considering it's cartoon animals. So I have to really admire that dedication to keeping to a theme. Mm-hmm. It's especially cool. Um, yeah, it's like you were saying, they, they really established this universe really well early on. You get the rules of it pretty early. And it almost, in my mind, kind of had that Star Wars effect where if the camera were pointed somewhere else, we'd probably see something really interesting going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know? You got the feeling that that this was a real world and there's always something happening where they were. It's a mm-hmm. living, breathing city. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to go exploring that city. Yeah. Well, and I felt like even like all the side characters were very interesting. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I, I was agree. I was a little disappointed we didn't get more Clawhauser. Like he was, <laughs> he was so great sitting at the front desk and uh, you uh, know, but his scenes are great. Like the each of even like the the chief, like you kind of get the feeling like mm-hmm. It's not that he's like mean to uh, 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 Judy on purpose. It's like he says it. He's literally like, I don't care. He's like, yeah. I'm just he's the just, chief. I'm he's just no nonsense. Yeah. That's yeah. just how he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And definitely. that was perfect for Idris Elba. Like that was oh, super yeah. great. Yeah. There's some really great characters. And what I like about these characters is like these feel like people you've actually spoken to or you've actually met. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I actually went with a friend of mine and she's like, oh, my God. Like, uh, I'm basically like Judy hops and my boyfriend is like, um, uh, Oh, what's the Fox character's name? Nick, Nick, Nick Wild. I, I'm like, my boyfriend's like Nick wild. And I'm like, yeah, I swear I've had a boss, like the chief who just like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, um, and I think uh, there was like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a fun movie. It it's is. a lot. Like of it's fun. really fun. But then when it gets kind of into it, I want to save some of this for a discussion. But right. I do want to mention how it really kind of like, in a sense, pays tribute to other films. <laughs> There's and like, some yes. interesting and uh, very specific yes. and not just films. There's yeah. a couple little nods to some TV shows as well. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking and, about. But, and even just like in a general like mood or setting, uh, there is a mystery here that needs to be solved. Mm-hmm. And when that really gets going, I was super into it. Me, Me too. too. And I was yeah. like, this is so great. Like yeah. this stands up with like other like I, I at the end of it I was like I was like part of this reminded me of Chinatown <laughs> a little <laughs> bit a little bit oh my yeah. god it actually has a, actually like, has a bit I of like love a, that it's like, got that great so cool. like it's got like a that noir-esque quality yes, to it in places yes. you know yeah and that's crazy to me that they pulled that off in like uh you know most people say oh it's a kid's film like I'm like uh it's actually like really cool like it actually really pulls mm-hmm. off a lot of stuff that oh, it's, it's like, trying it, yeah it's a, it's a kid's film but it's 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 not it never talks down to its audience, no. which is a good, you know, the, that thing Disney does do 
pretty well with a lot of their stuff. They're making a film for everyone to enjoy, mm -hmm. and they just know kids are smart enough to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and we'll layer it more and more so that way if you have predeceived or uh, predisposed knowledge like about Chinatown mm -hmm. you will feel that connection of the fact mm -hmm. that she's going to the city and while everything may seem good there's this seedy underbelly and there's there are people in high places doing some dirty deeds it's a, it's a great cop drama besides being a fun comedy yeah, yeah. it's I mean I thought that was like I, strangely mature that it was about cops like, yeah and, and actual police work seems but, to be done but one of the interesting things I liked about it too was um, the character's I mean, they were almost at the point where you're like, okay, they're going to fit these stereotypes, but they didn't go into the stories that you thought they were going to go into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we've seen the uh, bright-eyed girl next door who moves into the city and realize it's not as what you thought it would be, mm -hmm. but it goes in, her story goes into a completely different direction than you thought it was going to be. Same with Nick Wilde. It's like, okay, yeah, we've seen the sly con artist character, but his story goes into a completely different direction that I didn't expect either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's the, I, this is the great part about it. Like, even when there's a kind of stereotype, it doesn't go where you think it's going to go, and it still keeps this sense of realism. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, is interesting for a movie that's about stereotyping in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I mean, I knew we were going to have to address the uh, elephant in the room there at some point. <laughs> yeah, because it's her, it's her birthday. Yeah. Happy, yeah. happy birthday. <laughs> and they all punch her. Yes. <laughs> and she knocks them around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some. What I like is I think there's a lot of situations where the comedy is sort of subverting your expectations, and that also does kind of sit with the theme of the movie as right. well. Mm -hmm. It's about you think it's going to be one thing and it's going to be another, and the movie is all about um, has a big under you know underscore of like people are not are more complicated or or basically like you know there's people have a preconceived idea, basically racism. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. face it. What is the theme here? Racism. Thank you. It's it's strange how it really comes out of it comes out of nowhere, but also it doesn't it doesn't feel odd. Like it no. doesn't it doesn't feel like oh they've forced this in. No, it's they, like, oh this uh, they were setting this up the whole time. Actually, they they address it in a really good way too. Yeah. I find. Although there, there was uh, someone who told, or I, I recently saw a review and someone addressed it like it's Disney's version of Crash, and I. <laughs> Mm, no. Hate no, that. I don't like that either. I, I, no. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. 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 Pisses me off so yeah. much. Yeah. That's not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this uh, is right. This is this yeah. is a really this good a great yeah, movie. Definitely go see it. Um, definitely take take all your kids. There was a packed theater where I was. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I was. Uh, the, I actually went to see it yesterday before we recorded this, and uh, I went tried to go to a ten fifteen showing at a like a uh, at a like five dollar theater. Mm -hmm. And I, the moment I stepped up, I heard them say to the per people ahead of us, okay, here's your ticket. Next person comes up. We just sold out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And I had to immediately drive over to another theater where, thankfully, I was able to make it. But um, being the, like, the only person there who was by himself, I was yeah. able to find a decent seat. Yeah, me too. But that place was crowded. Yeah, I yeah. definitely had to go to a later showing. I was like, uh, what? Like, I had to go to a two-hour later showing. I was like, oh, yeah. no. Uh, the kids, I could tell the kids in the audience loved it, though. Right. That's the thing. Like, I loved it. And then I was looking at the kids around me, and you could just hear them going, ah. Mm -hmm. 
just having a great old time. Just uh, so I, good. I, mine was an interesting one because it wasn't in a. Um, there were no kids at my. Uh, oh theater, yeah, but that that's because I went to a university, mm-hmm. so it was all college students. Nice. And actually, there was or or a couple, and there was also some alumni and adults. Um, and actually, there were winners for that. Uh, screening too. I didn't realize that uh, like a fam, like a, a group of people actually won to go see this, and I'm like, huh. oh, nice. So, ah, go figure. I'm like, oh, that's good. good yeah, for that's them. cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think we all agree uh, it's a good movie. Uh, yep. You should go check it out. Go check it out, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll save the rest for the discussion. Perfect. Let's talk about what's coming out new in theaters. We got Ten Cloverfield Lane. That movie. We got the perfect match. Brothers Grimsby. Limited release Eye in the Sky, and also in limited release Backgammon. But before we play Guess the Ending, uh, let's get out some thanks, uh, starting with Silent Partner, who did our theme song, Sophomore Makeout. We got that from the YouTube Audio Library. That's <laughs> youtube.com slash audio library. If you like our logo, uh, go find Justin Kizan. Uh, he's an artist and a writer. He writes over at Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. Go there to read all the cool stuff. We love you, Justin. <laughs> and uh, if you like podcasts, uh, you should check out Pick Your Path. It's a yeah. podcast that I do with David King oh. and Matt Benson, where we write original choose-your-own-adventure-style stories, and you can listen to them, uh, and it's like an audiobook with chapters, uh, where you, the listener, get to decide uh, what happens in the story with the chapters and stuff. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, season two is coming this year. <laughs> it's coming this year. We're excited uh, about it. All of season one is available uh, now, and there's some bonus episodes, too, so go check those out. Uh, com slash PYP. If Tom was here, he'd tell you about his website, Optograb.org, and his short stories over on Amazon and Smash Words. Uh, David, what do you want to promote? Uh, check out the Midnight Marinara podcast if you are a fan of audio dramas and radio plays. You can find that on the Benview Network, benviewnetwork.com slash Midnight Marinara. If you're more of a fan of, of literary analysis, uh, Kayla and I are, Kayla is my frequent co-host on uh, the Undercooked Analysis Podcast, which is under the same sort of umbrella, where we take an off-the-cuff look at various uh, creepypasta stories and other bits of horror fiction. No script, no plan, no filters, none of that. If you uh, want, if you want to, if YouTube is more of your forte, you can find Midnight Mirror there. There, uh, although I suggest going to the Ben UV Network instead, and probably leaving a review on iTunes. That would be really nice of you guys. Please, thank you. If you want to follow <laughs> me on? If you want to follow me on uh, Twitter, you can find my handle at Scary Sauce. Because Midnight Marinara was too long and I couldn't fit it all into a name, so I had to come up with something clever. Mid Mid Naranera. Mid Spooky sauce was also taken. I couldn't use spooky sauce. Why couldn't you just go? That probably was seven M's. The show's only three M's, but we're gonna go with seven. We had to keep making more M's. But yeah, that's my main plug, Kayla. Uh, I actually will be having a podcast come out uh, next month called The Artistry, where I will be bringing insight into the art and entertainment industry. Basically, I will be interviewing um, many different creatives, professionals, in order to help uh, give insight and advice uh, to people who also would like to get into the creative industry. So that'll be coming out soon. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Jordan? Uh, I do dumb video game stuff on a dumb video game website called you, Twitch. You go to the Whoa. indie video game 
conventions and, and write about the indie and video write games. about them and take uh-huh. a bunch of dumb pictures. And uh, I'll be streaming this Saturday from three to five p.m. over at twitch.tv backslash Gamersault Weekly. Follow at GA Weekly on Twitter. That's where all the updates will be for the stream team because we stream it almost every day. And then make sure and uh, check out GamersaultWeekly.com. What will you? A bunch of stuff. What will you be streaming? I will probably be streaming uh, uh, the division because that comes out uh, today. Excellent. So uh, that game looked really cool when I played it in beta a couple times and at E3. Um, so probably going to be playing that because that looks super fun. And everyone I know is finally buying because this weird thing happened at the beginning of the console cycle where most people who had one console switched to the other side and bought. PlayStation, <laughs> and, uh, even though most people had an Xbox 360. So finally, everyone at the website where I intern at, they're all buying it for the same console. Oh, wow. So we can finally play games <laughs> together again. So thank goodness. Yay. Ugh. I mean, I'll tell you what, I still just want to get a Nintendo Wii. Oh, <laughs> Wii. I feel you. A Wii or a Wii U? Wii U. I have a Wii. Yeah, yeah. I need the Wii U because I want to play Super Mario Maker. <laughs> yeah, that's. I knew it. Really great. Don't judge me. No, there's no judgments. That's, that's a wonderful game. I know you won't. Yeah. She will. I always judge you. How dare you? But see, you out. can create beautiful levels. What if I made a level about play? you? I'll play it. Yeah. It'll There's just beat there. Bowser ten times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you can be Right in coins, this is my life. And it's just full of lava and yeah. spikes. There's this one guy I played a bunch of his levels, and he's uh, he doesn't like uh, police. No. So all, no. of his, all of his levels in coins say police state. <laughs> above when you're like playing the level. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty great. Uh, all right, so you should check out all the great podcasts on the Benview Network. That's uh, benviewnetwork.com. Uh, we had the the new edition recently, the Mandarian Orange Show, mm-hmm. uh, with Phil and his wife. Uh, yeah. So if you can't get enough Phil from Radio Brendo Man, go check out his other show with him and his wife. Uh, they talk about their crazy life. They go on a lot of vacations. Uh, they're vacation hunters. Mm. Uh, I'm jealous. They yeah. hunt vacationers? That's an interesting thing. They podcast. hunt vacations. Oh, all right. Yeah. So it's like a different type of perch. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. go out with spears and... Uh, mm-hmm. Let's and take over France. Perfect. And now we must take over Honolulu. And uh, yeah. we have another new show that just joined us. Um, oh. The podcast preview, uh, hosted by Aaron. He uh, basically t- uh, finds cool new podcasts to tell you about. And sometimes interviews the people who uh, who host them. Uh, his most recent episode, I believe, is for the Doughboys. Uh, that's a podcast where it's two uh, two comedians talk about like uh, fast food. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty popular. And I've always wanted to check it out because they they literally just spend a whole episode talking about like Taco Bell. <laughs> they spend yes. a whole episode talking about Arby's. Like that's the thing that's people the dream. really that's care the about. dream, guys. Yeah. Uh, so go check out podcast preview. It's now on the Benview Network. Uh, and you should check out our personal website, nvpodcast.com. Uh, email us, nvpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter, at nvpodcast. My personal Twitter handle is at podcasterandrew. You said, David, you're scary sauce. I'm scary sauce. Kayla's hiding from Twitter. No. <laughs> Actually, uh, I just got a uh, Twitter for um, my new podcast coming mm. up. But I will release that once uh, the podcast first starts. Sounds out. good. Cool. And I'm at truevalk. All right, so now it's time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. And we start with Kayla. Kayla, what are you guessing the ending to? Well, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane has the only thing that says, the only title is Monsters Come in Many Forms. So I'm just going to assume the humans are the monsters in the end. 
That's your guess? That's my guess. Who's so, in it? Pretty solid uh, guess. John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, John Gallagher Jr., and Bradley Cooper. Good cast. Right? I, I'm very curious if Bradley Cooper's just a voice, because... He's not in any He's of the promotional material. Yeah. And then, um, what if what if Bradley Cooper is the monster? He's motion capture the the Cloverfield monster. Yeah, yeah. I, I a part of me kind of hopes it's like Monster House, and that Bradley Cooper just voices the house, and the house is the monster. Nice. Right. He's like the nice. uh, he's like the disembodied voice that guides you through the ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking more like uh, Kathleen Turner was in uh, Monster House, where Basically, they just had her doing a bunch of growling noises. Oh, <laughs> nice. And not just doing growling noise. I mean, uh, we covered Monster House and Shut Up Leonard because it was written by Dan Harmon and... Uh, oh, and, no uh, way. Uh, uh, whatever, his, his writing partner, the guy the guy who does, who's doing the next Lego movie. Oh, um, yeah. oh I know what you're talking I can't about. Why, I can't I've lost his name, name entirely. Which is funny because they're going to be helping write the new Mystery Science Theater 3000 show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're good They're good people. And um, Rob Schraub. Rob Schraub and Dan Harmon. They they wrote the original draft of Monster House, which then got written over and over to make it so that it wasn't like the original draft. But um, it, in the special features for the DVD of Monster House, they have behind the scenes footage because it was all motion capture yes and you there's 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 Kathleen she's on like all fours in a motion capture suit <laughs> doing the that. growling as the house and I'm like what I feel so bad for everyone here <laughs> and there's like a moment in that special features where Steve Buscemi who plays the old man I can just see the look on his face is like he's just so sad that he's in this weird <laughs> suit in the middle of nothing he's acting reacting to nothing and he's yep. just he's just there i'm like oh no steve buscemi no <laughs> anyway uh all right people are the monsters jordan i'm doing the brothers grimsby directed by louis Letelier. he did uh which hulk the incredible hulk oh okay and he also did now you see me oh uh, he's ah. not doing the sequel good uh, but he hasn't learned his lesson because he's doing this comedy. That's what I'm feeling. <laughs> and I just, I look at that and I think of Lawrence Lorenz. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's Lorenz. But, but what, what a twer. Uh, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, <laughs> <What did it twer? laughs> Mark Strong, Isla Fisher, and Rebel Wilson. A new assignment forces a top spy to team up with his football hooligan brother. Um, <sighs> this is just... Uh, in all but name, it is the sequel to, uh, what is that movie where Mark Strong's the butler or whatever? He's not the butler in that one. Which one is it? You're thinking of um, Mordecai. Mordecai. That's, he's not the butler. Okay, so there's not even in that. What? Yeah. Who's, Mark Strong is not in that. Who's in that? It's, the butler no, is Jarvis. It's Jarvis. Yeah, I don't remember what his okay. actual Jarvis. name is. So, but this is, this is the same characters, but played by different actors. Oh, okay. So, uh, he... Yeah, he was only working with Mordecai as his special agent assignment. And mm-hmm. then when that was over with, uh, he's then tasked with uh, uh, bringing his uh, hooligan brother along. And, uh, you know, they, they, they think it's all to, to save the world. They think it's going to be this, this big deal where they need his, brother, his brother's help to, to get into this organization or whatever. But at the very end of the movie, after they've gone through all this crazy stuff and had all these ridiculous misadventures throughout uh, England and other parts of the world, they find out that basically it was just a diversion. They just wanted Mark Strong to get Sacha Baron Conan out of wherever he was. It was just to make sure that he didn't mess up 
what was really happening in London. So Mark Strong, under the guise of like have enlisting his brother's help, was just taking him to different places so he wouldn't ruin the real mission. Mm. Mm. So, and uh, of course, Sasha Baron Cohen. It, at the end of the movie, he's very angry at Mark Strong super angry and uh, says he's never going to talk to him again and Mark Strong gets a pat on the back but you can see in a twinkle in Mark Strong's eye as he like looks at his brother and he's like yeah yeah actually that was that was a good time <laughs> I, I care about my brother uh, even though he now hates me but you know, maybe I'll fix that in the future <laughs> I'm just expecting a lot of stupid shit to happen oh I've heard it's real bad I will be guessing the ending to Eye in the Sky directed by Gavin Hood <laughs> you can't really the, the way this trailer looks, that's how you're going to say the title? I will be guessing the ending to Eye in the Sky. Okay, good. Directed by Gavin Hood. Eye in the Sky. Do we remember sky Gavin Hood? Anyone? Gavin Hood did X Men Origins Wolverine. What? Thank you. Wow. Oh, no. This movie's going to be real bad. Starring Helen Mirren, Aaron Paul, Alan Rickman, rest no. in peace. Bark out empty. Yep. Yep. Uh, Colonel Catherine Powell. Oh, he did Ender's Game. Ender's Game wasn't that command bad. Command <laughs> of an operation to capture terrorists in Kenya. Sees her mission escalate when a girl enters the kill zone, triggering an international dispute over the implications of modern warfare. Uh, Ooh, this so, is heavy. Yeah, from the trailer, we, we kind of have three layers to this. We have Helen Mirren uh, is in her command center. We have Aaron Paul, who's piloting the, the drone. And Alan Rickman is, uh, I think he's some kind of a, a, you know, government official somewhere else. Please say he's a villain. Please. Lots of layers. Lots of layers. Uh, so what what's actually going on here is that uh, it's, so it's Helen Mirren's last day. Uh, she on only the job. has one more day till she one more day till she retires. <laughs> Uh, Alan Rickman, he wants to get reelected, so he doesn't want to screw anything up. And it's Aaron Paul's first day as the drone pilot. Uh, so through their group experiences as they communicate with each other through the little uh, walkie-talkies and whatnot, um, they kind of share their knowledge. Uh, Alan Rickman, he, his character gains a new uh, appreciation for what uh, military officials do because he is just a, you know, a man in a suit. He's just calling the shots. He doesn't really... He has, doesn't have that experience that they do. So he's like a glorified liaison. Yeah. So yeah. he's gaining Helen Mirren's expertise. He's trying to pass it on to Aaron Paul. They're all trying to share it with each other. And uh, it, it all kind of comes to a head where it's like, we're going to have to blow it up. Even though this girl might die, we don't know. And then just, I mean, just as quickly as she came into the scene, the girl leaves. Everything's fine. And then they just shoot, and then they, shoot the rocket. Yeah, then the, drone, then the drone shoots the rocket. All right, good. Helen Mirren gets to retire. Aaron Paul gets an award. Alan Rickman gets reelected. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's Yay. just it's Thank kind God. of the absurdity of warfare is what they're going for. Uh, it's subtle. You have to. You'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get it. David. All right. Uh, I will be trying to guess the ending for Batgammon, which is a limited release. Oh, hold on, hold on. Is is this based on the board game? That's what I want to know. <laughs> right now. I've been thinking about this one. Back Gaman. Now, Gaman. I'm going to probably butcher a couple of the name readings here. <laughs> so maybe uh, I'll get Kayla to help sometimes me Sometimes my mouth just doesn't work, so don't ever feel bad. No, I understand. Because I, I, oh, I stumble. Uh, do you want me to say it? Uh, the director is Francisco... Orvan... Orvan Nanos? This is the accent mark. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. Is that it? Sure. Okay. And it's starring Olivia Cro- Crociccia... 
Krosichia. Krosichia, Noah Silver, Brittany Allen, and Christian Alexander. When Lucian and Miranda are left alone in an isolated mansion for the weekend, their mutual attraction grows, as does their unease about the whereabouts of Miranda's ex-boyfriend, who may be hiding somewhere in the house. Ooh. So this spooky. is spooky. It's pretty spooky. This is heavy. So yeah, I mean, we've it, the tension builds. Pretty, I assume the tension is going to build pretty slowly through this movie. There's going to be a lot of near misses, and they're going to start suspecting. You know, the he's hiding around when they catch glimpses of him, or other you know other cryptic things. And when they do finally you know conspire to um, you know finally uh, find track down and catch this ex boyfriend, they learn that he's not there for the reasons they think he is. You see, the house actually belongs to him. And as it turns out, he was there trying to, the only place he felt safe as a child, because he's hiding from death. Mm-hmm. You see, death, he, made, he has that whole thing where, you know, death came to him and he's like, look, I'll make you a deal and we're going to do that thing where I, I can do something for you if you just stave it off and then he runs away. And death is after him. So he's hiding out in this house. And so more spooky stuff starts happening. And it turns out a lot of the spooky stuff was just death trying to get in to reach him. And they're like, well, there's only one way to divert death, and that's by play- attempting to beat him in the game. But chess has already been done, and I'm pretty sure we've already done Battleship. So what are we going to do? And the climactic bit is death finally breaks in, and b- during that time, um, Lucian and Miranda have trained the ex in how to play backgammon. And so they have the ultimate game of backgammon to save his soul. I still don't know how to play backgammon. Neither I do I. I think no one does. So when two <laughs> people play, it's like a bluffing game. It's a... Sh- uh, sh- 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 <laughs> oh, Jordan knows how to play. He thinks he knows how to play. It's the <laughs> ultimate bluffing game. When two people sit down to play backgammon, they just roll the die, move something, and if the other player says nothing, they they did it right. That's true. I think I think that's why it's a good game for for death because they think he's like all silent mm-hmm. and inscrutable. It does uh, take forever to play. I, he never I do speaks. really love uh, whenever played I by of, Jordan. Coincidentally, Jordan yeah. plays the role of the Grim Reaper, uh, which is good because I won't need to shave my head. No. Yeah, whenever whenever I think of backgammon, I always remember uh, the great from early on in How I Met Your Mother. There's a bit where Marshall comes up with a, a, his own game, and he calls it Marsh Gammon, <laughs> and he says, "Because I took the only good thing about backgammon, the gammon." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's the one good thing about backgammon, mm-hmm. the gammon. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So that wraps up this ending. Get, we, we can now end the guessing. That's the official way we to do this. End the guessing. Guess the ending. End the guessing. Um, so that means that oh, we're going to wrap up the show right now. Oh, no. I know, right, guys? No. Uh, but if you stick around after the, um, after the theme song plays, you'll get our discussion segment, which is packed full of goodness. Uh, it was a good discussion. Uh, and uh, next week is going to be weird. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have some gorilla recording. <laughs> um, uh, the show is going to be a little unorthodox, but yeah. I think it'll be good. I'll be traveling. Yep. So it's up to Jordan. And I will figure it out. Oh, this is going to be intriguing. <laughs> Something normally we will have be released <laughs> Normally we have Tuesday. some, some uh, backlog going on. But, but we, we do not. We've had some I told you times. we should watch some stuff, but we were both busy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And my, really my week's actually looking super busy, so I'm, I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find a way. I believe in you. Yep. <laughs> I really do. It might be four microphones pointed just at me. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Aww. You can get someone on Skype. I know, I know. Come on. <laughs> you just uh, let me know and keep me posted. And oh, definitely. 
Uh, all right, yeah. so we we honestly have no idea what's coming out next week. I will, uh, but an yep. episode will come out. It will be a surprise. <laughs> it's a big surprise. Uh, but until then, uh, this has been episode 266 of Nerds I Have You. I'm Andrew. I'm David. I'm Kayla. And I'm Jordan. Remember, listeners, if a suited animal comes up to you <laughs> and says, no, honey, you did perfect, don't trust it. I sir. Oh my god. It's there. You're a cinnamon roll. I'm a they, cinnamon they, roll. They, they still joke. Like, yeah, I told, uh, Simon was telling me how, um, he could use it. He's like, if I at least have a crowd of a thousand, that's still quite amazing. I mean, I'm like, yeah, David has 1,500, and he already has creepy stalkers coming. <laughs> at this store. I am like, a cinnamon roll. And, they, and he said, ooh, they want a taste of the cinnamon. <laughs> Let's get that discussion going. Uh, right. We're diving into it right now, eh? Yeah. All right. Uh, um, where do we even begin? The mystery. The mystery. The mystery is, I think, <laughs> such a strong point in this film <laughs> to the point where, um, I mean, like, most everyone at the table can back me up on this. Like, yeah. looking at it from a story perspective, when when uh, Nick and Judy get to that uh, place where they're holding the savage... The, the old hospital? Yeah, the, place the old hospital. Has, the place I was the like, tundrawls. the film's wrapping up, right? Like, I'm literally yeah. thinking, yeah. Like, this, brain, like all this, this is act three. Here we go. I guess we're just going to make it I real I looked quick. at my watch and I went, no, there's, yeah. there's a lot of time left. <laughs> and what? No, and at, what? When they when they got them, I was like, I was like, no, they're gonna get there, and it's gonna be empty, or there's gonna be like, and no, it's like they they caught a bad guy, and then as and soon it's as the mayor, and you're like, oh, oh, oh of, and course. of course, it's the mayor, and the, but I think, but the, then everything turns, everything in that um that uh like uh PR meeting or whatever with all the press, yeah. exactly yeah. the way that was where that was the turning point. See, that was where it's interesting. Actually, subverting expectations once yes. again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I knew there was more because I was like, really? Because I didn't check my watch or anything, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like, really? Are we near the end? It doesn't right. feel like it was that long yeah. until um, the mayor person says, "No, you don't understand." Yeah. And then I realized, oh, uh-huh. there's more. Uh-huh. And then uh, there is a point when it gets to, like you said, the uh, um press conference yeah. and that's what's called in the reader terms the what uh climax with that with with well it's kind of like the um not the climax what's the well it's where i mean it's this point in films where you have two main characters and they separate and that's you know that's the like the belly of the whale that's yes. the right. whatever you want to call it where where of course they've been buddies this whole time and then something happens where they're like i don't trust you oh no i don't trust you boom and then they have to separate but what i like about it though where you think that nick would be the one who would screw her over because of his nature yeah, right she turns out to be the one and yeah. you believe and i go sorry ahead. go ahead go ahead no 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 finish uh she's the one who kind of messes up because she mm-hmm. does have a bit of prejudice yeah. about it but here's the thing here's the interesting thing um as I'm like bursting over here. There's so much I want to say. I know, me too. But go ahead, go on. ahead. Okay, but I can understand. See, one of the great things is I can relate to Judy quite a bit as someone who is short, is a woman who did grow up in LA, but also has family that grew up in a small town. And when I mean small town, I mean my mom lived in a town of less than a thousand people. Jeez. But 217 of them were your brothers and sisters. <laughs> Most likely, or cousins, aunts and uncles, but yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, so like, um, and so as someone who has seen both sides of the world, and then not only that, has taken the bus at night, I do, I, I carry mace with me. I do have a sense of fear. And I always have to keep... Fox repellent. Fox repellent. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I told David that what I want for an eventual gift is a um, <laughs> is a uh, pink flashlight that's also a taser. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I really want that. <laughs> but, I mean, I understand what it's like to have that fear of someone. And I always have to keep my eye out. And then, as a result, there is a... You do have to have a slight... Um, I do have develop a slight prejudice because it's like I don't know wh- what will happen to mm-hmm. me because I do have there is that sense of fear within me as someone who is small. And- yeah, the movie I was going to say the movie does a really good job kind of addressing that because Judy means well, mm-hmm. she really does, and she's like, you know, I don't have anything against the predators. I don't have anything. I don't like what you don't look at me. I, I'm, I'm better than this. Mm-hmm. But then she has these moments, these moments of like where, where the inner part of her comes out a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, the part where she like, she sees Nick at the ice cream parlor for the first time and she's starting to flick open the thing with her Fox repellent or, you know, she tells her parents like, you know, her parents are like, you should be careful because and, and she's like, that happened when I was nine. Mm-hmm. It's not something to be worried about. And then, she has these these little flinch moments where you go, oh, but it's it's there because society has sort of like buried that in her, you know. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, like up until that point in Zootopia, it was it was kind of like a it wasn't a real fear that the prey had against predators. That's I mean that's the that's the dividing line that this movie makes is prey right. and predators, right? And and yet as soon as like there's that press press conference happens, we get that kind of montage of moments where Judy witnesses. On like on the the you know the subway or whatever it is, where suddenly the prey are like holding their children closer when a predator sits it, next it, to them. It brings like back a, all these old fears yeah. that she yeah. accidentally unleashes, yeah. and and changes the the view of the populace, mm-hmm. which uh, is which is all to someone else's designs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, we're, while we're still on the subject of the mystery, mm-hmm. and this all, I mean. Because considering the whole movie is about subvert, is I, I, I personally think the whole movie is just about subverting expectations mm-hmm. and you know pre- preconceptions. Uh, I was going to cite earlier when we, uh, I wish I could have cited earlier the bit with uh, I really love the bit where they be Tommy Chong's character, the you know kind <laughs> of the elephant spacey, doesn't remember anything, but he does, and yeah. you wouldn't think he would because he seems so spacey mm-hmm. and like new age. He's like gnarly man, you know. Like, but he's he's got a, a super super sharp mind. Uh-huh. And let's and just, let's let's not discount the fact that this is also at a nudist day spot. Yeah, exactly. I love that, that bit. That, so that's such much. a weird gag, and it works really well. <laughs> like, it's so weird because we're you it know, just we're goes like, to show the animals don't have to, but they also do. Yeah, that's at one point where it's like, how did this get past the Disney censors? Right? There's like, nothing actually there. I mean, no, but it's like. That fact that they're saying like, "Oh my gosh, they're new." Yeah, and the 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 yoga poses that the elephant is making is very clearly meant to be shocking, and uh, Judy's like using the picture to block out her eyes so she doesn't have to see. 
<laughs> it's really it's great uh, mm-hmm. yeah that's it's a really great it's a weird gag and it works it, it is I, mm-hmm. but i was gonna say that the the thing the great thing about the mystery is is all the twists and turns it makes and you know i have expected you know i, I kind of figured like at the point you were talking about jordan we get to the that part and you and you know the the mayor gets revealed and he has that point where he just goes like look i was i i you don't understand i was only trying to help it's like if they would have just gotten me those pictures of spider-man i would have <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> but um but no, he um, uh, when when um, uh, assistant mayor and then eventually mayor Bellwether gets revealed as the real mastermind behind everything. That was like, whoa, that, okay. And it's crazy how much that makes sense and how yeah. like I, they they had you get, you get kind of the foreshadowing you got throughout the movie. I actually her. got I actually guessed it after the press conference mm-hmm. when she's like, "You did good," and I'm like, "Oh, she's turned. She's the one." She's the well, one. And it makes total sense when she wants to make her the face of the police right. department. Yeah. She wants to make, she's giving her all these promotions and yes. it's like just to reinforcing to it and to appease her. Yeah. So that she'll, you know, it's like, oh, you did good. Here's all these things. Now, you know, get out of my way. And, like, and you make, you make the face of the, of the PD a prey animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving towards that. She was really, she was incredibly supportive of, of, of uh, Judy from the get go. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. When she, when she was there talking to her at the, the press conference, she was there saying, you know, if they ever need any help with anything. And you get sort of the animosity she has, a, not animosity, but a little bit of the contention she has with the mayor. The, their, their lopsided relationship. Yeah. And you don't think anything of it of initially, maybe, of her as a bumbling assistant, but there's probably some really deep-seated resentment there. Yeah. And she says us little guys got to stick together. Yeah. She says that go. more than once. There you yes. go. It's you know, really like, well, it's really nicely like, like, sh- like, s- like subtext in there <laughs> that you kind of think back to later and go, oh. There is one joke that I actually love that involves her when they're like, oh yeah, let me look this up on the computer. And then you see her hair. Oh, yeah. They're and messing the reason, with her boof. But the reason I like this is because I'm like. <laughs> oh, David's oh, hair. Yeah. David's hair. So David's, it, I'm not similar. sure if any of you know what David looks like, but he has curly brown hair and it's fantastic. And it poofs, <laughs> poofs up the same way. It poofs up the same it, way. It poofs pretty big. And yeah. the number of times that I have just gone like, done that, like pressed down in his hair, it's like, I, I think I've actually heard one of your students say, it feels like sheep's hair. <laughs> and it feels the, like touching a sheep. sheep. Yeah, I've heard that. And then the fact yeah. that... That's about right. And, but I think that's also like in a weird way playing off of other like uh, like ideas of like, oh, you know, like when people have different hair, like yes. in different cultures. And it's like, oh. that's it plays on like all these weird elements and yet it pulls it off. Yes. It, just because it's you different animals. It. You can't touch yeah. their hair. <laughs> like... That's that's such a you can't touch a sheep's hair like that's such a such a line. Mm-hmm. But I think in that scene, what I love in that scene, I of, love touching of, his they're hair. in Sorry. the assistant mayor's office, which is a the maintenance closet, which is the maintenance closet. There is a post-it note next to her computer that has a phone number for Doug, who is the oh, character yeah, later on. And it's crazy because I was watching it, and I was like, Doug, that must be important. And by the time I got to Doug, my brain forgot, and then later <laughs> on, I was like. <gasps> <laughs> and I knew Whoa. they would do that too. I knew my, they would have something in the scene uh, that pointed to something yeah. later. Guys, uh, my friend who I saw that with, she's like, "Did you notice that?" And I'm like, "No, I didn't." Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's so cool because Doug is um, a, a ram or another sheep who is making the the drug that will cause predators to go savage. <laughs> a la a la Breaking Bad, yeah, which it, Jesse which I Walt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesse and Walter are here, yeah. and then they knock. On, of course, they knock. Mm-hmm. That's really something. <laughs> 
I'm uh, like, how okay. much you want to bet it was Walter who was the one who knocked? Yeah, sure. Yes. No, actually, when they showed like that whole scene, I'm like, if they don't make a Breaking Bad reference, I swear to well, God. Well, I think it was enough of a Breaking Bad reference when he came in in the suit. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like, I oh, like, gosh. Oh, boy. Here we go. Jesse, we have to cook. Uh, we haven't even talked about the, the There's God so much Father segment. Mm, Mr. Big. Big. Mr. Big. Was really, that was a great reveal. Yes. There, there, there were shrews, right? They were shrews, uh, and, I guess. right? Yeah, they're. I wanted to say voles, but no, they're shrews. Actually, I, I've learned later on. I think Kristen Bell is actually the voice of the daughter. I think I thought she was the voice of the the, she, the female sloth. It is. I'm yeah. so sorry. I thought yeah, okay. it I is know, the I female yeah. sloth. I love. Um, I really loved how the, that was the most oblique uh, movie reference in there. That was the most obvious. It's well, just yeah, like it was, uh, the, the Godfather. It was just a little uh, uh, a shrew or whatever doing a Godfather voice and being the Godfather. Awesome. Yeah. It was definitely a shrew. Yeah, yeah, that looks just like a shrew. Yeah, they were shrews. Uh, but I love. Yes. And again, I really love how uh, this movie is so smart. Mm-hmm. This movie is so smart. I love well, the yeah, fact that we have that bit early on where Judy is chasing that delightful chase scene like that that was such a good chase scene so good. through the little rodent town and oh. then she's yes. so awesome yeah she saves the little rodent and that's the and compliments her daughter. hair yeah it's oh it's you such a great payoff oh it's a and then them payoff. at that wedding which is just the wedding's on a table so there's Nick so grounded by polar to the table <laughs> eating the tiny cake. little cake yeah the and he uses the tiny silverware and he's like oh that's pretty good when he so easy to just Put it in your mouth. Yeah, I thought he was going to do that. He's using the no, little fork. the little fork. Nick is very expressive. <laughs> He's a very expressive fox. Yeah. yeah. I think... Uh, oh, and a, the, Mr. Big is a delightful character, and I was glad when he came back. I, I, I'm so down for this uh, This dawn of a, of a um, Criminal true underworld. crime family. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> and also, I think the other cute reference, because uh, Alan Tudyk does the voice of the... The weasel. The weasel. the weasel. the weasel. But here's the funny part. In Frozen... We- weasel- his name was Weaseltown. Weaselton. Yeah. Or his name was Weaseltown. Or we- Weaseltown, yeah. So, uh, but it's, and, and it's Weaselton so, in, the, in so Frozen. So in yeah. Frozen, he, go back to Weaseltown. It's Weaselton. And yeah. then in this movie, okay, we- Weaselton, it's Weaselton. Yeah. He was... In, in Alan Tudyk voiced that character as well? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So he, he was Duke Weaselton. The Duke of Weselton, Duke Weaseltown. Uh, he's in Big Hero Six, and King, he was King Candy. Doing, what, what do you do in Big Hero Six? Uh, he was. I th- what, what, there was like a guy in charge of another company that was trying to buy the nanobots or something. Oh, that was that guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think was supposed to be like a thing where we're supposed to think he's the bad guy because yeah, we're Creed. so used to him. Is who he is yeah, in there it is. Yeah. Big Hero Six, mm, and of course right. in Wreck It Ralph, he is, he is King, King Candy. Hello, my loyal subjects. <laughs> yeah, which, I you know that's a I, great. That's super yes. great. Oh, yeah. Real when great. I saw that was Alan Tudyk, I'm like, what? <laughs> I, 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 I love Record Ralph. I do too. I yeah. think I might, Zootopia might be on the same level though for me yeah. with Record Ralph. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you were saying about him, there was not, not just the fact that it, there's that reference. There's also the fact that he's selling, selling elite. Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Including me, uh, Meow Wana. Yeah, Meow Wana. Yeah, there was <laughs> Frozen 2. <laughs> that had a subtitle, but I don't remember. Yeah, what I don't it was. remember the first title either. And then Wreck It Rhino, because he's yeah, like, oh, I have them before they even come out in theater. That's what he's saying. 
so good. Uh, real, real good. And well, I like the fact, yeah. not only are they selling the Tiss movies, they're bootlegs. Yeah. yeah, but they do a good job. They make them look pretty great, yeah. the covers. The covers are fantastic. Yes. Yeah. They, they look great, but they also still look like bootlegs. Like, I, I hope to go into Disneyland someday and be able to buy coasters. They're those fake covers. <laughs> that was okay, so good. if anybody has, like, an Etsy thing or knows how to do that, or please. Just, yeah, get on it. Please get on this. Yep. There is an audience waiting for you to do that. We will buy it. I do want to see, uh, actually, you know those like shag, like those nice shag shirts that they sell at Disneyland with like the the like the Hawaiian shirts that are really oh. nice but have the different designs of the shag yeah. style. Mm. Yep. I want to see one of those with the characters from Zootopia. Oh, in that yes. style. Yeah. Uh, They're so I, great. When I was at, I if anybody listened to the last uh, one of our last big uh, mega casts when mm. we were at Comic Con, I think I mentioned how I, I had ran into uh, Tony Baxter and uh, Floyd Norman and. Floyd Norman at the time was wearing an inside-out shirt in that style. Oh, wow. and it was really cool. cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh, by the way, guys, I am going to Comic-Con for the first time this year. Nice. I'm so excited. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. No, uh, <laughs> that was... I couldn't tell sorry. if that was, like, bitter or... Yeah, both. Oh, okay. Yeah, good for you. Because <laughs> yeah. all of you have been, like, so many times. Jordan's never been. I've never been. Oh, really? Jordan. Never been. Yeah. I've been, like, three times yeah. i've been like yeah. six times see but yeah. I, I want to say that i've been so then i can choose to be bitter yeah. about it yeah, exactly <laughs> and you know what i'm not you know what i'm not going this year yep jordan yeah, you go to like a uh, uh, video Man, game i've things. i've what, what i have applied every way possible for press mm-hmm. no but for work. you go to video game stuff whatever what, sometimes what is the Xbox well thing? i i have this weird thing where i won a thing from Microsoft, so I got into E3 for free. Oh, shit. And that got my name onto a bunch of different lists. Hey. So now whenever companies have an event in LA, they just send me an invite. That's so nice. I go I go to like these smaller things like Ubisoft hosts an event, cool. Epic hosts an event, something like that. I get invited to those. Sweet. But not the big stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I, do, I, do, I do all the indie coverage. There you yeah. go. Indie companies like Ubisoft. Uh-huh. Ubisoft. Let, let's uh, get back to Zootopia. Yeah, I want to talk a little yeah. bit about like how this film kind of ends, which is which is uh, uh, Nick becomes an officer. I like that. Yeah, that. I mean, that at the same time, I was like, huh. I guess. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I guess they must have covered up his like he, his tax dodges. <laughs> yeah, they came up with a deal. He saved the or city, they, or they garnish his wages. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically pays it off through that over the course of his lifetime. I'm oh, surp- man. You know, the one thing I'm surprised was there was no police academy reference. <laughs> I'm like, I think they'd be lost. What a, what a um, missed opportunity! Yeah. Well, are you bit. serious? They made like a ton of other references that would have gotten lost over kids. <laughs> they made a Breaking Bad reference. That's that for the been, adults. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Police academy would have been for the adults too. I guess. They always have the sequel. I'm sure they're gonna make another one, right? This yeah. Is... Can we? Can I mention? For, I already have an idea oh boy. for the sequel <laughs> oh because we, there, we did not see any marsupials. We didn't see oh any boy. reptiles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah. There's a lot of. Are room. they, are Actually, they segregated? We didn't see all the biomes. Well, like we saw the biomes in that intro sequence on the train. Right. But they didn't go to everyone. But well, but pr- primarily what the the topic of the movie is concerning mammals. Mm-hmm. It's all mammals. Actually, uh, the directors did mention that they said. There were so many animals they had to deal with, and um, it, it, they said if we would have gotten into reptiles and birds, that would have been that would have been too much to deal with. We already have to deal with prey mm-hmm. versus predator. That was the theme of the movie, and to add in reptiles and birds and all that, it's it, they said it was just going to get ridiculous. But they like to think that there's other parts of the tome or other cities with. 
Yeah, Birds imagine imagine reptiles. a bird city or a fish city. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. imagine like a giant aquarium mm. on land or mm. something like that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you have that many animals. It's hard to what the predator, keep them all together without yeah, them they, eating each other. It, what do the predators eat if they're not eating the prey animals? What do, what do they... Yeah, they didn't really get into... They're all vegetarians. Uh, yeah, they must be. I, I you live vegan in Zootopia. Well, what's, here's the funny part is like, they're all eating normal food. Like, I mean, they sell carrots, um, um, blueberries, Did and stuff like that. Did we see any meat get served ever? No. No. Never. I think they're all vegetarians. Yeah. They'd have to be if they were living in harmony. Because <laughs> in, this, in this world, but they all sell animals are smart. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really thinking. I'm everything really... everything is... is, is wasn't you know. there a, wasn't there a fish market at one point? Didn't we see a fish market in the in Tundra, tundra Town? In Tundra Town, because oh. the polar bears would have to, wouldn't they? So does that mean is seafood? Mm. Are, 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 is sea life well, not intelligent? Is- are they going to eat Dory and Marlin? Mm. Yes. Uh, actually, um, <laughs> different I universes, s- but okay. <laughs> but I, I could see, I could see that, like, because the idea is that they become civilized and they keep, they do yeah it makes that sense that mammals become civilized in a sense right yeah, does that make but sense the fish have not yet the fish have not yet or maybe there's a society of fish that are that we don't know about or something but yeah. I mean since fish are not included it mm-hmm. could be possible that the only thing they do eat for food could be just fish yeah so it's a society of pescatarians or yes. or in this advanced society because it was pretty advanced maybe they're at the same level we are where they're making meat and test tubes that could be possible. <laughs> <laughs> they do have some pretty advanced sciences going yeah. on. It was nice that they were able to cure the um, night howler uh, plague thing. Yeah, they made yeah. an antidote. And actually, I'd forgotten about this when you think about it, but yeah, otters are otters are predators, guys. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of cool that that was, that was kind of the main uh, mystery was a, a predator that you don't really think of as a predator. Yeah, because yeah. even, even the other predators were like, it was just an otter. Like, yeah, I know. It even showed that the predators didn't see him as a predator because of his size. Yeah. Yeah. But he oh, is yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the fun facts that actually got this movie started was, and they do mention this in the movie, 90% of mammals are prey and mm. 10% are predators. And they said, that's an interesting fact. So It actually, uh, Bellwether does mention that in the movie. Yeah, yeah. she does. So she talks about that. Is it... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. No, I was just going to make a weird comment. Is it weird that all the other sheep and rams had the like creepy sheep ram eyes, but she didn't? Did well, she, you, she had to be she had to be unassuming in the beginning. And right, she's but she's a lamb, I think. But lamb don't have I mean, she didn't have goat eyes or ram eyes. Mm. She had big cute cartoony expressive eyes. It's just a minor <laughs> minor thing. I think I think it was just a Make it so she didn't seem like a villain in the beginning. Right. You know what I mean? They right. made her look as cute as possible. That's fair. That's fair. Because um, if she if she's a little off putting immediately, that that she becomes a suspect. Yeah. You true. know what I mean? True. True. And true. and uh, and to clear that up earlier, uh, sheep are female and uh, rams are males. Okay. Ah. I just wasn't same, sure. Same if, same species. I wasn't sure if that uh, if that first one had horns or not. Yeah, they're called they're called ewes, the females, but the same same species. All right. Rams are just the dudes. There you go. They got the horns. 4-H uh, club here with no, sorry. so no so I want to talk about uh, by the end of it uh, Nick and Judy are like not a couple it's not yeah right? I, I am, like I, am I crazy yeah. yeah but then here's the weird part with uh, people have thought that was weird because they're not as the same species because that's never I mean it's never brought up no I mean there's yeah. o- the only 
when you see couples, they are of the same species. But I think the only couple that I can think of is just the mom and the dad. Yeah, right? yeah I don't. There's see. the unseen. Um, well, there's the there's the. Oh, the otters are a couple. The otters. Well, yeah, the otters oh. are a couple. And uh, the shrew, the, the shrew family. 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 They're but all yeah, there. So but there's, I mean, the shrew, the 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 Mr. Big's daughter was getting married, mm-hmm. and we see them at the wedding. And she's pregnant. And it's all shrews. And, yeah, um, she gets, yeah. and that could be one of the reasons why it's like one, it doesn't need to be a romance, yeah. and that because I mean the idea is. And, Interspecies romance, or at least, is implied because everybody's got the hots for gazelle. At least at that from that app, <laughs> right? So, so in 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 my view of this world, then then it would just be like, well, they can't procreate, they can't make any new species, so they could just adopt. You know what I mean? It would just yeah. be yeah. Yeah. a different yeah. type of relationship. Has, has yeah. anyone here watched BoJack Horseman? No, <laughs> uh, not enough. Because BoJack Horseman kind of like just gives up on that concept because <laughs> the, the it's anthropomor- anthropomorphic uh, animals. animals but also humans and like the animals are just like an animal head on top of a human like body mm-hmm. and they can you know date whatever like and it's you know it, they don't really get into that and just, I, just that just makes me curious it's just all yeah. over the place and I'm like yeah. huh I don't know no. how this works how that would yeah. work and but I kind of don't want to think about it and then also would interspecies be like on par with like homosexuality right. or you know I mean there's yeah would it I, I think with it, the race with the like the themes of racism running through this movie that are there would that be another topic you could touch on like are you are, is it how taboo is it to date outside your species yeah yeah, that's just a whole other layer that he didn't have to deal yeah. with. <laughs> right. And then also, it's nice to not have a romance. It's yeah, they, I, I they've like, got a great friendship. Yeah, yeah. And I like that as a friendship. I thought it was yeah. cute with like the whole pen thing, and she's like, right. She's I love cute. that the pen thing was something that just carried through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was this cute thing that helped them in some scenes, but also was used to kind of uh, release the tension in the scene when she was apologizing. Yeah, it was nice. Can can I just mention since it's kind of on that same idea the pen, the fox spray, the yeah. uh, the um, the blueberries. There's a lot of good callbacks. Like this movie is so tight, mm-hmm. and there's so much like Chekhov's gun esque aspects to it in, in my mind. For for as busy as the scenes are, for as much as is going on, there are key elements, key objects that they come back to. That it's very strong with the storytelling. Oh, definitely, and that works definitely. with this whole mystery theme too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, it gets it, the mystery works as it gets you to pay attention to all the little nuances. Suddenly, you're looking for clues just as hard as yeah, and like I, Judy is. I totally got into that mind frame, but because by the time he had the blueberries and the gun, and then had that blue sphere gun thing, yeah. I was like, oh, he's gonna put the blueberries in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. He I thought that mm-hmm. there was no you know, like I I got onto that wavelength with yes. him. Yeah. They had time, enough time to like put this, enact this plan where they were going to trick the mayor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, that's still, I mean, I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't care. I was, was still really down to see how this plan was going to play and out. And the way it happened on screen was fantastic. It was so yeah. good. It was a good scene. I also really enjoy it. So they, they get away from uh, the, the people making the, the Night Howler drug. And then they're like, oh, let's go through the museum. And I was like, Museum here. Okay, we're setting a scene. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, this, is a, I, this is a climax. I knew yeah. we were, I was thinking, they're going to get. I was like, they're going to get ambushed by someone here, and it's going to be the real villain. Yeah. And so as soon as I saw I know, the mayor, I was David, like, we've we've written our pick your path yeah. things, and we're, we're like, oh, we got to set up a scene. What we're we going to put it? Oh, museum! Like that. <laughs> yeah. I can see us yeah. doing that. And but I was it, like, but okay, it, here we it, go. It led to some beautiful sight gags, oh, like oh. the woolly mammoth caveman that was so and the cool. bunny caveman, who both were holding spears. Mm-hmm. So good. Like that's just fantastic. 
Yeah. You know, it's be, really you know, it'd be really terrible, uh, a really terrible cameo. It's like I half expected them to round a corner in the background. You see the the, the animals from Ice Age. Right. <laughs> that's that's well, DreamWorks. That's, so. that's DreamWorks. I'm aware that's DreamWorks, but it would have been really funny. Is Ice Age yeah. even DreamWorks? It, it is. Yeah. That's, and it's ter- there was a trailer for it at the beginning of mine, I and was, I was like, no, no. Uh, yeah. it, it's not. Or I, I thought, thought it was Blue Sky or whatever. It's that weird extra one. Jordan's looking it up. Jordan's getting that info. I believe in you, Jordan. Franchise. Blue Sky. It is, it blue, is sky. blue Sky. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, a subsidiary of 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Oh, they, and yeah. they've stopped numbering it, which is always a bad sign. Yeah. That means so. Oh, oh we're sign. getting towards the Blu-ray Cause they are, copies. They're doing another sequel. Yeah. yeah. I saw a trailer for it. Oh, that trailer was real Which bad. involves space somehow? Yeah. He goes to outer space. I like the first one. I was done after the second one. Yeah. <laughs> I was done after the first one. I, I guess the writers felt they needed to explain why... Meteors? Meteors? Happened? Yeah. I... They also okay. need to explain how these animals survive the entire ice age. Right. I don't. I don't know. Nah, they're good. So <laughs> that's why Zootopia is a better film. Yep. You know what? I want to. I want to bring up real quick. I, I mean, I, I, I. We have. There's a, so much to talk mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone out? Anyone here familiar with uh, Black Sad? Yes. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I own a couple of the the graphic novels. This is like a more fantastic. It's really good. This yes. is almost like. Like in a, a lot of ways, the same thing, but it's more <laughs> subtle and more yeah. kid friendly. You don't. It's yeah, not this is op- the kid friendly version. For yeah, sure. whereas Black Sad is very, very like on the nose about racism, especially when you've got like the white furred animals screaming about white, you know, white fur well, supremacy and like heavy noir, isn't it? Heavy, super noir. heavy noir, yeah. and it's beautifully, beautifully made. It's amazing, and it's yeah. got a, it's got a smarmy weasel character in it. <laughs> so you gotta who I would love to see voiced by Alan Tudyk now. <laughs> yeah, he's got it. He's got it down. Yeah, but uh, no, it's interesting because like I think that it, it, what it's there and it's obvious, but it doesn't have to do the same things that Black Sad does right. to get the point across. That there's the you know the, the predator prey dynamic, and then there's the scale. The, I don't know. I just there's layers to it, and it's just it's good. But I just wanted to mention Black Sad while I'm thinking about it. If you if you're okay with that sort of thing, I highly recommend Black. Yeah, Sad. Yeah, and it is a more mature graphic novel. It's definitely not for kids, but uh, yeah. Check it out if you if you dug this movie, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I think we're about ready to wrap it up on the discussion. Yeah, any last yeah. minute things. No, nope. any any. Uh, do we want to address any other? Can we. I mean, we've talked about Judy a lot. We kind of touched on Nick a little bit. I like Nick. He's a good character. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, anyway, we got it. Oh, 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 oh. On the on the um the topic of the recurring items, though. Hmm. I knew that once they were, that was becoming a thing, it was going to be a big deal. But I was really happy that they didn't make the fox repellent like suddenly be like, <gasps> like I thought it was going to be that thing where he sees it and everything about him gets shattered. And I just like that it's kind of a throwaway. He, he's already, you know, hard on her because of the press conference. It's like, kind of like how you carry that fox repellent around. I'm like, we're doing it right. You're yeah. doing yeah. it right. Well, he says he's seen it the whole time. Like, yeah, he, and that's what I like. Yeah. I like that, because in a worse movie, it would have been like the the clincher. Yeah, it would have been like suddenly, what? Yeah, you no. Fought your that was the good. Time. Oh. That was really good. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just, I, I'm, I, I, I love seeing when someone, something so easy to do actually gets done and done correctly when other movies, especially animated movies for kids, would have taken it and turned it into a, uh, into a trope we've seen a million times. So I wanted, it's just a weird thing that I really enjoyed <laughs> because I was dreading it the whole movie. I was waiting for that moment to happen and it didn't and it happened differently. And I was like, oh, I kind of breathed a sigh of relief. <laughs> Smart writing. Smart right. writing. Yeah. So 
that will wrap it up for our discussion. Uh, if you listened uh, to the whole thing, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> this podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.